Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. It says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This is the Christmas story. Merry Christmas to everybody. Before you're seated, greet somebody and tell them, Merry Christmas. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Tonight we are going to celebrate Christmas in July. Everybody else does. Harmock, Harmock does and the department stores do. So we're going to celebrate Christmas in July. Amen. It started, has several different reasons why Christmas in July started. One was at a girls' camp in North Carolina. Another was said that it started by a group of actors who performed every December. They had to be there all through December, and they spent the summers together. So in July, they had Christmas together. I don't know. In the southern hemisphere, their seasons are reversed. So it's hard for them to have Christmas when it's uh, warm, and I think we know a little bit about that. So their seasons were reversed, so they have Christmas in July when it's a little cooler. But that tradition, of course, has come in a way of marketing to the United States. But Christmas in Florida is always a little strange. It used to be. I've been here now almost 25 years, so I'm getting used to it. But I can remember walking in the mall when we first moved here and um, our first Christmas down here and you're hearing the songs like Frosty the Snowman and Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire and it just didn't fit with the 70 degrees temperatures that were outside. It was pretty cool though that my family and I went swimming on Christmas Day and we were able to call our friends and family up north and brag about that. Amen. So it is a little different. We know of all about that. Christmas though, is a celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. And we really don't know when Jesus was born, I guess. It's debated. Some say it was March 20th. Some say it was May 20th. Some say, no, it was in the fall at some time. But most people agree that it wasn't December the 25th. But the whole thing, um, what I would like to say about it is it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter when he was born. What matters is that he came. Hallelujah. John 3.16, the world's verse is, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God gave. Hallelujah. We give gifts at Christmas. A lot of times it's a gift exchange. And I would like to say this great gift from God demands a gift exchange. Amen. Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Get it? Present your bodies. I thought it was good. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. 
The only thing that God desires from us is us. Amen. Present your body. Give your life to the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the exchange. He came with eternal life. We're getting the better end of the deal. Amen. But he does demand that we present our bodies a living sacrifice. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Psalms 116, when the psalmist was pondering on the Lord and all of his benefits, he said, what shall I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Verse 17 of that same chapter says, I will offer thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. All we have to do is take this cup of salvation that the Lord has already provided and given it us so freely. Amen. And to be thankful for it. Are you thankful for the salvation of God? Are you thankful for what God's done to you, hallelujah, and for you? Amen. Can we just lift our hands and say, thank you, Jesus. God, for your goodness. Lord, we love you, Lord, and we believe in you. God, we will call upon you, O Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So in Luke chapter 2, we're going to read through this Christmas story. And I want to unwrap four gifts. G, that start with G, I, F, and T. The four gifts. In Luke chapter 2, verse number 1, it says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a degree, decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. The first gift that I want to bring forth tonight is G, which stands for government. Or authority. Isaiah wrote it this way. He said for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called wonderful. Counselor. The mighty God. The everlasting father. The prince of peace. And of the increase of his government. And peace. There shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen. This government is never going to pass away. Hallelujah. The gates of hell are not going to prevail against this church. This church, you have the authority and thank God for government that he has established. We understand the natural government and uh, as many as complaints as we have about the United States government, still one of the best governments in the world. Amen. We have freedom and liberty and, and we have all this um, 
ability to debate and to complain if you want to complain. Not so in the days of Caesar Augustus, who was the ruler of the Roman Empire at that time. And he made this decree that everyone needed to go and be taxed. And he thought that he was making this decree because he was the man in charge. But little did he know that he was just a pawn, the greatest man in the then known world, the most powerful man, the Caesar of the Roman Empire. He was just a pawn in our God's hand. Don't ever forget that. Proverbs 21 tells us that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and as the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. And Micah tells us that, but thou Bethlehem, though thou be little among the thousands of Judea, of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth, shall he come forth unto me, that is the ruler, everybody say ruler, in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting. We sing that song at Christmas time, O little town of Bethlehem. This is where that comes from, this scripture right here. And God needed to be able to have Jesus to be born in Bethlehem. Amen. And so that's why the decree went forth from Caesar Augustus. Not because he desired, but God was orchestrating everything that he wanted to be orchestrated in order for things to come to pass. And we could go on and on with some 300 different prophecies about the birth and where he was going to be born and the coming of the Messiah and all of these things. Of course, we don't have time to do that. But I just want to remind somebody here today that God is in control. You may think that the government or your boss or somebody is giving you problems. But for the child of God, God is the author and the finisher of your faith. He is the one that is governing your life. Hallelujah. You think about Joseph and Mary and how she was being great with child. And she was probably wondering, you know, why in the world do we have to make this journey and go to Bethlehem at this time? But God had everything in his hands. Hallelujah. God is king, his kingdom and his power and his government. We need to understand that there is a natural government and then there's a spiritual government. What we see is the natural things that are going on in this world. But there is something else that's going on, folks, behind the scenes that we can only see with our spiritual eyes and come to the understanding no matter what happens to our with our natural eyes we have a God, hallelujah that although we cannot see Him uh, we know that He is moving in our lives in a very special way He is orchestrating the end times right before our very eyes, amen all the things that are happening and my uh, wife uh, put a app on her uh, McDonald's thing today and we went through, and I guess you can, now she can just wave there. Doesn't even have to wave the app. When you, when you order, you just give them the code that's on the app. And when you come up there and it's already paid for and you go through, and she said on their app, it said cashless transactions. And the Bible talks about the cashless society. It's just one of the many things that we're experiencing. And we all kind of enjoy it because it makes life a little easier, right? But God's got a plan. 
God's orchestrating all things. I don't care what the government says. I don't care who's the president of the United States or who isn't the president of the United States. God is still in control. Amen. And I'm just here to remind somebody that's struggling in the flesh, in this natural world, in this natural government. I want you to be reminded that there is a God in heaven that knows exactly where you are, that knows exactly what's going on in your life. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. Hallelujah. He's the God Almighty and of the kingdom He is establishing. It is never going to end. And the peace that He brings. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the peace of God? They have what they call the Pax Ramona, which is Latin for Roman peace. And it was the terms of peace imposed in the ancient Rome by ancient Rome on its dominions, an uneasy or hostile peace. I just read that and I thought, wow, that doesn't even go together, hostile peace. But what it simply meant is that they controlled everything and they kept everybody in peace and you could live at peace as far as the safety of your body as long as you did everything that they wanted you to do. You had to go along with their way, amen? But Jesus told his disciples, he said, I, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. I want you to know that Philippians tells us that there's a peace of God that passes all understandings and it will keep your heart and it will keep your mind Come on, folks. It'll keep your heart, heart from failing you. It'll keep your mind. There's so much confusion in this world today. I'm so thankful for the God of peace that gives you that peace that passes all understanding. Oh, when we come into the house of God and we come to the understanding that God's got this government that he has and a peace that's in this side of this government, we ought to make a shout with everything that's within us. Don't ever forget, oh Lord, we get too uh, common, we get too uh, at ease, if you will, with the presence of Almighty God. But I'm for one, and I know you are too, thankful for the power and the presence of Almighty God. I can remember what it was before I ever came to God, what it was to be in unrest and to be not able to lay my head down on a pillow at night. Unless I had gotten drunk or something like that. But I thank God that one day he delivered me and that he set me free. Hallelujah. And he's given me a peace that passes all understanding. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, finally, my brother, and whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Hallelujah. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard have seen in me, do and and the God of peace shall be with you. This spiritual government if you will it helps us with our thoughts and our minds it helps us to overcome the fears that are in this world today 
It'll keep our hearts and our minds. Ephesians puts it this way. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. We are soldiers in God's government. Amen. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the cunning devices of the devil. Remember, these are cunning devices of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not my battle. Amen. They may even, uh, most of you are sitting by your spouses. So there may be a few fights, battles going on there. But they're really not the battle. They're really not the battle. It's the cunning devices of the enemy that tries to bring us down and to get our attention off the Lord and off his kingdom and off his will that he's trying to accomplish, amen, in his government. The Bible says we are ambassadors, hallelujah, of Christ. This world is not our home. We're representatives here from another country. Hallelujah. This world is not our home. Don't get your eyes on this world. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. There again is that illustration of the flesh and the spirit. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I want to tell somebody here tonight, you can have clear thinking. I said, you can think clearly. You can have peace in your heart and in your mind. I bind anybody that's here tonight that says they're tormented in their lives and in their mind and in their heart. You don't have to be that way in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Because we have a warfare and we have weapons that are mightier than anything in this world to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought. Everybody say every thought. Unto the obedience of Christ. I looked at that one time and I said, man, I'm way away from Christ. But I kept reading that scripture, committing it to my memory, kept quoting it back to the Lord. And God can change your thinking. I said, God can change your thinking. He can make you think the right things. Whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of good report. Think on these things, the Bible says. And God can help us to do those things. Amen. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I said, greater is he that is in you than he that is of the world. Do you believe this tonight? Do you believe that there's a God in heaven that's orchestrating every movement of your life, every moment that you're awake, and that there's an enemy called the devil that's trying to confuse you, but he really has no power, only what God gives him? Think about that. The devil doesn't have any power. He doesn't have any authority over you. The only thing that he has, the only authority and power that he has is what God has given to him. But God has given to the child of God this great power. You shall receive power. Hallelujah. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. There is power in his presence. Amen. And then this spiritual government, this gift that God has given to us, that we can overcome the world. 
because the world is natural. Don't get your eyes on the world, folks. It's going to pass away. This whole world's going to pass away. There's going to be leaders come and leaders go. I said Caesar didn't know that he was just a pond in God's hand, but he knows it now. I said for 2,000 years he's known it. Over 2,000 years he's been dead and he's known that he was just a pawn in God's hand and he really had no authority or power. And I want you to know that when you look upon the things of this world, they don't have any authority or a power over the child of God. There is something going on behind the scenes. And thank God we are in that spiritual kingdom of God. Thank God for the gift of this spiritual government of which there's going to be no end. And peace that's going to continue on and on and on. The peace of God is a price, folks, that we cannot ever pay the price to have the peace of God. Amen. Let's continue on in our reading of the the Christmas story. In verse number six, it says, And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, And wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field watching over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. You know, when you read in the word of God and you look at the... Whenever there's an encounter with God and whenever there's an angel that showed up, there was always fear that was involved because we don't understand this spiritual kingdom. And so it is a fearful thing when we come in contact with it. It can be a fearful thing. But the angels always say, and they say this in verse 10, and the angels said to them, fear not. When it's the presence of God, we don't have to be afraid. Amen. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heavens. The shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds but mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising god for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them the second gift the eye in gift Stands for illumination or revelation. Illuminate means to enlighten, to bring light, to make to see, to make to see. 
when we think about this story and how God was going to manifest himself to the world, robed himself in flesh, he appeared to some lowly shepherds out on the field tending their sheep. He didn't go to the, the household of Caesar. He didn't go to the religious leaders of those days. But he went to some shepherds that were just out on the side of the field because this is for whosoever will. Amen. For your calling in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says, For you see your calling, brother, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things of which he has. And so we know and understand that God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confine the wise. And you can turn your neighbor looking and say, you're a little foolish tonight. Amen. Amen. But we have this great revelation of truth. It's not to the wise. It's not to the mighty. It's not. He said, not many. So there are some. So you, you, if you're here tonight and you think you're wise, then some, some wise are called, but not many. And I'm so thankful for that because I can remember I was just a drunk teenage alcoholic and just feeling so low in life and how that God brought the illumination into my life. Do you remember when God did that? I don't ever want to forget that day. Amen. I, it was like, it was literally like a lot. I went to church that day, went to, got up from the altar. And when I went home, it was like a light was turned on and I understood <laughs> not everything, but I understood one thing that there was a God in heaven. Hallelujah. And that he was a deliverer. Never went back to alcohol after that. Never had another taste of it after that because our God is a deliverer. We have this great revelation, revelation of truth. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 32 tells us, but call to remembrance the for, former days in which after you were illuminated, you endued a great fight of afflictions. Partly while you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst you became companions of them which were so used. In other words, he says, remember how you were brought to this light and how that you endured when you first came to the Lord and how you were afflicted just because of the, of the truth that you were walking in and also partly because you were associated with the church now, if I can say it that way, that you became gazing stocks and reproaches because of these things. Amen. For ye had compassion on me and my bonds, Paul speaking, and took joyfully in the spoiling of your goods, knowing that in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. We need to realize that we have something far better that is awaiting us. That's this great illumination that comes into our lives. This world is not our home. Hallelujah. We have a home. Jesus was telling his disciples, I go to prepare a place for you. Hallelujah. And Jesus is going to prepare a place for each and every one of us. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense for reward. 
For ye have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. When you look at this, it, it lets us understand. He says, don't lose your confidence. Don't lose your patience. So there is this part in our lives where when we go through our walk with God, it's not everything just goes perfect, right? Not everything just goes as planned. Not everything's all the way we think it should go. But God has everything in his hands. Amen. He's saying don't cast, cast away your confidence. When the things get going rough, when things are not going your way, bring to remembrance what God did for you. Can you remember how God first delivered you and lifted you out of the miry clay? Hallelujah. Can we just thank him for that right now? God, we thank you. Jesus. Hallelujah for deliverance. Thank you for salvation, oh God. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Help us to continue to remember what you've done for us. Paul's prayer for the Ephesians church was that God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Church, you can make it. You can make it. Amen. You can win this battle. You can win this fight. Hallelujah. Remember, consider the exceeding greatness of his power that is to toward us who believe. Do you believe? Amen. I know that you do. And God has given us this great mighty power for us that we're able to come to the, uh, this revelation that God, this illumination that God is going to move on our behalf. God is opening up our understanding to what it all about, what the beginning and the end is. And we don't have all the answers. And like it's saying here that you may not always understand what you're going through, but don't ever lose your confidence because God has everything in control. Colossians chapter 1 verses 12 through 17 says, Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things, everybody say all things, were created by him, God and for him. Amen. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. Oh my goodness. If we just get into his kingdom. If we just get into his flow. Into his will for our lives. And seek him with all of our heart. Amen. We can't help but be winners. Do you believe that? Amen. Let's continue on with our Christmas stories. In verse 21, it says, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, 
which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, was accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. The third gift, the F in gift is F is for a future or for hope for whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life the worst place you can be in your life is to be without hope amen but god has given us this great gift of a future we have hope folks we don't have the hope in this world but we have hope in another world amen the kingdom of god hallelujah and we believe and we trust First Peter chapter two, verse nine tells us, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained Mercy. Folks, we didn't have any identity before. Before we came to the Lord, we're just existing. We're just going through the motions in this world. Amen. But once the Lord got a hold of you, hallelujah, you became a child of God. John chapter 1 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. I want you to understand that you are a child of God. Amen. We say that all the time, but we need to understand what it really is. We are God's children. We are God's kids. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. And he has a future for each and every one of us. Not just one to come, but I believe that God has a perfect will for each and every one of us. While we are on this earth here now. Do you believe that? God has a place for you. God desires to to move in your life. He desires to give you a perfect plan for your life. It's not always meaning that everything's going to go perfect. But God's got a plan for you. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil 
to give you an expected end or to give you a future. He has thoughts of peace and not of evil. I find that a lot of people struggle with the fact that they're not good enough. And I want you to understand none of us are good enough. The only way we'll ever make it is through the righteousness of Jesus Christ and asking him to forgive us and to strengthen us and to keep us. Amen. But each and every one of us struggles with our own battle to try to be good enough and will never be good enough for a perfect God. Amen. But his thoughts towards us are thoughts of peace not of evil. He's not wanting to destroy us. He's not wanting to discipline us. He's not wanting to uh, step on us every time we make a mistake. But He's a God of love and compassion. And when we get our hearts and our minds into His uh, mercies and grace, there is no limit to what God can do. But don't keep beating yourself down and pounding yourself down And believing that you just can't make it. You're just not doing the right things. God loves you. God wants to give you the strength to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? He says, the thief comes, cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have life. Not just life, but they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. God has an abundant life. For each and every one of us. Verse 34 of Luke chapter 2. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother. Behold this child is set for the fall and the rising again. Of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. And this is what Simeon says to Mary. He says yea a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also. That the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed here the mother of our lord and savior jesus christ she was going to go through sorrow it doesn't seem like she would have to do that right she's the mother right of bringing forth the lord jesus christ but he says a sword is going to pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed and this is the fourth gift that i want to talk about tonight the t It stands for tribulations. And we may think that's a weird gift, but we ought to thank God for the trials and the tribulations that we go through in this life. Because if you go through them in the right attitude and with your mind and heart upon the Lord, a trial and a tribulation does nothing but refine you and prepare you and make you a better individual and a better person. Amen. Romans chapter 5 puts it like this. But whom also we have access by faith unto this grace wherein we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We stand in this access. We have access to this by faith to this great grace that is set before us. This great thing that God has for us. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, verse 3, But we glory in tribulations also. We glory in tribulations. Now, that's something I don't really have an easy time doing. We don't glory in tribulations. But it's just saying that this is why we can glory in them. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience 
experience. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet preadventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commanded his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. We are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, folks, by what he did on Calvary. He told his disciples, he says, in this world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Those, are weird. Those words don't kind of go together, do they? Tribulation and be of good cheer. But he said, but be of good cheer. He said, because I have overcome the world. God has orchestrated it that way. He's planned it that way. God could make everything just peachy cream for us, right? After we came to the Lord, everything just go perfect in the right way. But when people would see our lives and see that, then they'd automatically want to become part of the kingdom of God just because everything would go the right direction. But when people really see us, when we're in our battles and we're in our troubles and we're in our trials, and tribulations that speaks volumes to them when we just keep living for the Lord. And they understand. And I know many of them have probably approached you about certain things as how do you just keep going? How do you keep a, keep on smiling when you're going through what you're going through? But every trial, every tribulation has a purpose. Amen. God is trying to mold us and to make us into something special. It's like the the uh, gold that's being refined by the fire. And every time you're going through it, and you know, I want to, uh, somebody that may be going through it tonight, I want you to know it's for a purpose. God's got a purpose. Do you believe that? That everything that we go through, there is a purpose for. We may not understand it. Sometimes we bring on our own trials and tests in our lives. But if we just keep our eyes set on the Lord, it always comes out. On the right side for each and every one of us. Amen. So this gift, this gift of trials, this gift of going through it, it's to help this old flesh to be stripped away. It helps us to understand not to get our eyes on this old world. Amen. Every time we go into the trials and the tribulations of this world, it helps us understand that I want to be somewhere else. Amen. I want to be in heaven with the Lord. And it keeps our eyes set upon Him. If everything's going good for us, a lot of times we forget about the Lord. Amen. Look at the example of the children of Israel all throughout the Old Testament. Things were going good. What happened? They forgot about the Lord. And the thing, and then the, the enemy would come in and overtake them and they'd begin to call upon the name of the Lord again and God would come in and save them again and everything be going good and they lose out again with God. And you, you read the stories and you just think, man, what's wrong with these people? They don't get it, do they? They just don't see. Just keep living for the Lord. Amen. But those things are written, the Bible tells us, for our example and for us to understand that when we are going through it, we, when we have everything going good, it's not a time to forget about God. 
but it's a time for us to keep going stronger and stronger and stronger. And then when we forget about the Lord, then things come into our lives that helps us to get our gauges going back in the right direction and to help us understand that in this kingdom, in this government, there is a spiritual government that we cannot see, that it is a work all around us. And pretty soon the Lord is going to call it all over. It's going to be all finished. He's going to call his church home. There'll be no more weeping, no more sorrow, no more pain. But until then, you just keep on keeping on with the Lord. Don't lose your confidence. Amen. Keep your eyes set upon the Lord. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, we lost this eternal life in sin in the Garden of Eden. But Jesus came with this great gift. Hallelujah. That whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so death passed upon all men that all for all that all have sinned for until the law sin was in the world but sin is not imputed where there is no law nevertheless death reigned from Adam to Moses even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression who is the figure of him that it was to come but not as the offense so also is the free gift for if through the offense of many be dead much more the grace of God and the gift everybody say the gift by grace which is by one man Jesus Christ hath abounded unto many this great Christmas gift that he has given to us and not as it was by one that sinned so is this gift for the judgment was by one to condemnation but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification For if by one man's offense, Adam, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. He has brought this great gift unto us, this gift of grace. Hallelujah, folks. By the blood that we are saved from all of our sins, James chapter 1 says this, and I'll close with this. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can trust in him. You can stand upon his word. You can put your life into his hands. Amen. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from, a, from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither is there shadow of turning. Amen. So thank God that he came and robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us. The greatest gift of all times. Do you think about this in our lives and in our hearts that God came because he wanted to communicate with us And he came and he was tempted in every way, just like we are, yet he had no sin. He is our God. He is our Savior. He is our great Lord and King. Amen. And he desires for each and every one of us to receive this great gift of his, this great gift of mercy and grace, and to live for him 
and do we have eternal life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand tonight. <clears throat> so this July, think about Christmas. Amen. Not through the Hallmark Channel, but through the fact that Jesus Christ, hallelujah, came and died for us. Amen. To forgive us of our sins and to give us this grace that he has, that he has bestowed upon us. Can we just thank him tonight for his goodness and for his mercies? God, we love you. Thank you, mighty God. We love you, Jesus. We believe in you. God, you are great. Help us never to forget the true meaning, O Lord. Hallelujah of Christmas. To realize, O Lord, that you gave your life for us. What Christmas is all about, Lord. No matter when when we think about it, Lord, we just believe in you and we trust in you. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. For you are great, O Lord, and greatly to be praised. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord.